Soder fan. So, here we are in the beginning of October. And the astrology of October is rather unique. Like a passing diesel truck. It is fast moving, but there's quite a bit of energy behind it. And it is a specific energy. By specific, I mean the specificity of a certain type of fuel. It's a tank. Now, the astrology of 2020 has been rather literal, almost comically so. Usually in astrology, we work via association, via symbols. And we look at things from a spectrum of possibility. The astrology of 2020 has, to some extent, challenged that. Might not be the right word. The better word might be the astrology of 2020 has upended astrology itself. And you'll see several different camps of astrologers right now. We start out the month of October, right on the 1st, with a full moon in Aries. We start out the month with a full moon in Aries. Full moons are culminations. And in cardinal signs, this becomes even more collectively oriented, which is interesting because Aries is a sign of the individual. Yes, but anytime we're dealing with something cardinal, in other words, Aries, Cancer, Libra, or Capricorn, we're speaking to more collective energies. So we start out with this full moon in Aries, a culmination of individuation to some extent, of who the self is, who you are, what you stand for. And what's fascinating about this full moon, which has already passed, is that it culminates during a Mars retrograde, which to me indicates that this individuation process is not quite complete. In other words, it culminates, but there's still a piece, a sauce, 
to complete the dish. And it's the sauce that makes the dish. We continue on with the month with Pluto. Going direct. And Pluto has quite a bit of energy behind it. And what I find is that during retrograde periods with Pluto, now this is observational, this is not necessarily something you'd find in a book, but Pluto is such a polarizing energy that when it is in retrograde, when it is in other words in some ways internalized, held back, its power to some extent amplifies so that when it is able to be let out to direct course correct course it's truly in its power now one word that you could use for it would be it's venomous it's lethal I prefer something more like it's potent, it's powerful. And Pluto is a collective planet, but we all have it in our personal charts. And Pluto is the ruler of Scorpio. We have several Scorpionic themes occurring this month, but really we're in something that I would call a larger Scorpionic cycle especially in 2020. We are in sort of the meat of the Pluto return of the United States, which essentially means that when Pluto, let's rephrase this, when the United States was founded, 1776, Pluto was in a specific location in the chart. It was in Capricorn, 24 degrees, if I'm not mistaken. And it is now returning to that position. Pluto is very slow moving. That's part of its power. It's also part of the reason why it's generational and collective. In other words, where your Pluto is, it's going to be in the same place in, a, in the chart of everyone born your year, give or take a degree or so. Now, if you have personal planets connected to Pluto, then this is speaking to being in touch in cahoots is not the right word, but in a dynamic with more collective Plutonian energy. So we have this Pluto return, which we're going to speak about more fully as the months progress, and that is turning direct. In other words, Pluto is turning direct. So it's had its time to gather its resources, to marinate. And now it exits its period of 
retrograde in its full capacity. Simultaneously, Jupiter and Saturn, after long periods of retrograde as well, are also now moving forward. Now, why is this relevant and what the hell does all of this mean? Going back to what we mentioned earlier with collective energies of anytime you have a pileup of planets in any of the cardinal signs, it is pertaining to the collective. So those signs are Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn. Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto are all currently in Capricorn. And they are all clustered. So they're all in conversation. And these are not small planets. They are not personal planets. They are, again, collective. And we could distinguish this even further by saying, now we could take this one step further and say that Jupiter and Saturn are social planets. Yes, they're collective, but they are social. In other words, they are pertaining to that which is happening on Earth, society. Saturn is the last visible planet. That's why it pertains to limits. For many years, until the late 1700s, I believe, there was no such thing as Uranus, Neptune, or Pluto. They did not exist. Was not known. So, we have these social planets, and then we have an additional Plutonian force. We have the Pluto return. The return of Pluto to where it was in 1776. We have these three planets in conversation in Capricorn, which is very dense Earth paradigm energy. By paradigm, I mean it is societally visible. It's what we have been working with for many years. We live in a very Saturnian society. Capricorn is ruled by Saturn. There's rules, there's regulation, there's a structure. And earlier in the year, we had a bit of a, a sneak peek. It's almost like, um, like, a, like a sizzle reel or like a preview at the movies of here comes Saturn in Aquarius. So we have had a sneak peek of Saturn in Aquarius, and that coincided with much of the world going digital. But what makes this even more interesting is that it is soon, once it re-enters the sign of Aquarius, which is in December, it will be joined by Jupiter. And Jupiter and Saturn have not conjoined in air signs for nearly 200 years. So when Jupiter and Saturn conjoin, they tend to stick to that sign, not that sign, that element, excuse me, 
for roughly 200 years. So we have a elemental switch occurring in 2020. So it's not that one is preferable, that there's a, a preference of element. It's that air does something different than earth. We're moving again into Aquarius. So there's an energetic shift. It occurs as the sun is moving into Capricorn and during eclipse season. So fall of 2020 looks rather dynamic would be the word that I would use. It is dynamic. And we have a new moon coming up in later this month, the mid-month. And it's, it's a bit of a different moon. Usually with new moons, it's all, you know, lunar intentions, setting new, 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 new. And my feeling, and it seems to be the feeling of the astrological community as well, seems to be that this moon has a bit of a different tone. It's less about planting new seeds because what, what, is, what is the value of planting seeds in earth when we are about to change elements and no longer be in the earth element is essentially the point of are you planting seeds where there will not be fruit? So it's not to say that it is a a, a wasted moon. It's more that the energy needs to be move, moved and used in a different way. Some astrologers are speaking of using it as a protective moon, of using it with that sort of intention. I find that interesting. But in what ways, I would ask, instead of setting off in a new direction can you instead see nuances of where you usually quote unquote metaphorically plant seeds and where you might consider planting them elsewhere this does not mean geographically it means mentally. It's a, it's a Libra full moon. So we're always talking about the air function. In what ways can you solidify your relationships? Have new, new sorts of ways of relating. It doesn't necessarily mean of having new partners, it can, but it's more new methods, new perspectives of perhaps existing relationships. And part of that is because we have, again, Mars retrograde. And interestingly enough, we will soon also have Mercury retrograde. So we are moving into a season of now personal retrogrades. 
And that does something a little bit different than these outer planet retrogrades that we've had for the beginning of the year. It's, it's more nuanced, it's more subtle. The astrology of October is also one of having a blue moon, which means we have two full moons. We have one on the first and one on the 31st of October on Halloween itself. And that is the day in which it is said that the veil between life and death is thinnest. Interesting in a year when the Scorpio themes are strong. Could it get any stronger than to have a full moon in Scorpio on Halloween? So we are now entering into what I would call part two of Libra season. And part of the reason that I wanted to record this reading as opposed to filming it is that Scorpio season and Scorpionic energy can sometimes feel a little blindfolded with the irony that it's not blindfolded it's simply that other senses are turned on it's operating out of different functions Scorpio is not as visual as one might think. The Scorpio's real power is atmospheric observation. It's that base. It booms. So, so if you would like to book a personal reading with me, my info will be in the box below. You can also support the channel by sharing, commenting, liking, subscribing. It's always helpful. And generally, I am just appreciative of all of you. So thank you for your energy and stay well. All right. Talk to you all soon.